This is the All Things Nerd production. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cobalt in the Basement podcast. My name is Chad Hilson, your Dungeon Master. Uh, we are joined with Dave Morris. Hi, oh, backseat DM, ready to go. <laughs> Shalom Diceland and Steven Diceland. Hey, yo. So let's get into it. This is Cobalt's in the Basement. All right, since this is our first session, there's no recap to get into. So let's talk a little bit about the world that we're playing in. We are in Eberron, but we are in the year 1350, so about 350 years after the end of the last war. We'll, we are starting on the continent of Corvair, where over the past 350 years, uh, humans have kind of risen to higher powers across the lands. The landscape has changed a little bit, but it still feels quite familiar. Each country across this continent uh, has just really become more diverse. Um, you know, so it's not so much of lands of just elves or just dwarves um, or just humans. The Mornlands, uh, where the Empire of Sire once ruled, kind of in the middle of the continent, is still pretty desolate. Uh, there are tribes and villages that have started popping up over the past 350 years but it's kind of like the wild west even though it's like the mid wild west uh wild midwest if you will um and there's still a lot of unanswered questions about what happened there um after the last war conflicts kind of riddled the land for about 150 years you know some disputes over power borders things like that but peace has been known roughly for about 200 years across the continent. Obviously, there's still like skirmishes and minor conflicts, but no like all out wars have really flooded the lands, anything like that. Uh, many of the royal families have disappeared or last lost power over these past 350 years. Valinar, uh, which is the country that we are starting in, which was made up of a lot of like tribes of elves and warriors and stuff like that in the past well it's been uh usurped by the brewing family uh, they are humans that usurped the elves about 250 years ago they then moved the capital to pilus meridol uh, to build a kingdom on the water and cliffs making it easier for trade and kind of creating a a hub of trade and travel on this side of the continent. And that's where we're starting, is in Pilus Smeridal. Um King Johannes IV is the ruler. He is a young 25-year-old human male. Uh, he's beloved by his people. He's very charming, but honestly, he's kind of a fuckboy. Uh, having sired several bastards throughout the lands, uh, that it's, it's like they don't say the quiet part out loud. Uh, they know that he has a bunch of illegitimate kids. The mothers will get, you know, a donation from the crown um, just to make sure that the kids are taken care of. But they're still bastards. You know, they don't get any recognition 
to his name, fame, or lineage. He is a very good looking dude. Um, you know, about six foot two, ashy blonde hair, very fit. Um, he's won a lot of tournaments, uh, both in jousting, archery, and sword fighting. But he's never seen a real battlefield. He's never known war. Uh, his father, King Johannes III, went out of his way to not bring conflict to the lands. Um, the city is massive, you know, right there on the, the harbor and everything like that. Being home to over 200,000 people, both within the city walls and outlying little villages that are within, you know, walking distance or, you know, an hour or two ride by cart or wagon has all sorts of trades, shops, and just overall things to do. Despite people loving their king, there is still a massive gap within the city between the poor and wealthy. Although they try and keep the gates open to the main part of the city, not so much the king's court, um, so that all people can take advantage of the shops, vendors. So it's a very warm and inviting atmosphere. Today, he is referenced as the Boy King because of his age and fuckboy lifestyle. Uh, but it is his name's his name day. He's turning 25, uh, and that is why everyone in the party has come to this city. For one reason or another is to take advantage of the festivities. So, who shall we start with? Let's start with... Dave, introduce us to your character, describe what he looks like, tell us more. All right. Pastor is probably right now hanging out with the kitchen staff. He has made his way into probably is the fanciest place he can. He's tall. I mean, he stands, you know, a mighty five feet, two inches tall with a short red bright flame red mohawk and a beard that is also short and well kept wearing chainmail that looks like it's been well kept but there's a lot of different colors it looks like he's or somebody's fixed it with different metals of whatever they had at the time so it's not a clean suit it's still in working order but it's it's odd it looks like there's brass or other metals just mixed into his suit of armor. And he's got, you know, his weapons strapped across his back, you know, but he's got kind of like a swimmer's build for a dwarf, you know, broad shoulders, well, well muscular, but he's tall. He looks a little bit lean for a dwarf, but he still looks like he's got the powerful build and all the strength that you would assume a dwarf would have. Excellent. And he's hanging out with, the wait staff, kind of in a dining hall. Um, the I way am that, here for the food. <laughs> the way Cass found his way into the town, which is something that we did uh, just over chat as we were building characters and stuff like that, is he he didn't really sneak into uh, the celebration or the king's court. Uh, anything like that. He talked his way in uh, by convincing some of the guards that were checking for, you know, invitations to be within the the, the king's court uh, for the celebration. He he talked his way in, gave him a incredible 
outlandish story. Do you want to share that with uh, with people now, or? Oh, I don't know if they're ready for those kind of stories yet. They can make the hair on the back of your neck turn white. All right. So before we actually go into the dining hall where you are chilling, let's go over to Shalone, who is hanging out at the tournament. Tell us about your character, Shalone. Hi. So my character is... She is a half-moon elf. She is a druid circle of the spores. Her name is Luminora. As she's walking down the street, you notice um, her height is 5'4". She has more of a meaty build to her, but yet slender, given her half-elven nature. She has dark brown hair, looks black with a purple ombre, and you notice her eyes glistening in the light with one brown and one silver. Um, I don't know much more than that. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, why is Luminora at the tournament? She is seeking an appearance with the king. Perfect. Because with the tournament, those that win their selected feats or anything like that, uh, since it is his name day, he is offering boons um, within his power to those that win their battles. We've gone full Godfather. <laughs> Definitely. And Luminora was, I mean, she had signed up for the, the tournament, so she didn't have to sneak in. You know, she paid her entrance fee and got in. So there's no suspicion as to why she is there. Um, also, in the the area around the tournament, we find Steven. Steven, tell us about your character. Imagine, if you will, in the darkness of the night and down every dark hallway, something that moves in the shadows. Not something with uh, grotesque eyes or multiple limbs, but a slender, rather dashing young man. His name is Valerian. You can see him adorned in black robes and some light armor with red accents. Generally catch him stalking prey. He's a rather short elf, standing at about 5'6". Just a young lad at about 125 years old. He stopped keeping count. All right. And Valerian was not invited. He is not participating in the tournament. So he snuck in, catching up with a a group of people being let through the gates into the, the court there. Being quick and nimble, dives and rolls under a wagon only to grab the underneath and hoist himself up off the ground and ride that in uh, to not be seen by the guards that were checking your admittance. Rather deftly, might I add. Oh, it was sweet. It definitely was. Um, So let's start, make our way over to the dining hall. Cass, if you want to drag yourself onto the map anywhere within there, go for it. No real reason to for us to keep a bunch of people on there. Uh, Shalone, you are out at the courtyard. Um, I'm at the bar. At the bar, fantastic. You know, there's people coming and going. 
you know, so we're not going to keep track of everyone there. You know, while you're at the bar, what are you what are you doing, Cass? I'm trying to catch up. I have a big gap of time that I don't know what the heck went on here in Corfair. So I I'm just asking not nonchalantly, not like, you know, trying not to point out the fact that I don't know what happened for the last 350 years, but you know, just trying to figure out, hey, you know, how did you know these, you know, the the brewing family take over you know, what did the ho- Dragon Mark houses think of all this kind of stuff? When the heck did the Mordland become livable? You know, you know, just kind of playing off that I've been more isolated up in the the northern mountains up north of like Karnath or something. All right, heck of a hangover, my friend. <laughs> yeah, you see the 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 barkeep, you know, as he's cleaning glasses and serving you just. So much ale, um, you know, not being able to believe that you're just pounding them down that hard um, is, you know, kind of filling you in. You know, the brewing family, yeah. So the brewing family, they uh, they took power about 150 years ago, and uh, yeah, they've just been really, really good to the people. You know, they've just done so much with the place before well before with this place no they built this place ah you know it's it's so much easier we get so many different kinds of people in here now it's it's really remarkable uh to see all the different people from around the continents come through and just getting to i mean i'm here as uh for the family so i don't get to meet as many people at a bar, uh, at my place of business. Also, how'd you get in here? Because you're not royalty, and I don't see, you know, any of the the admittance passes for you. Well, that is true, but I'm on. I'm here on business that I cannot discuss further. Give me a deception check. Uh, instead, I hold up my left hand, gloved hand, and lift it up. Oh. That's why you were asking about the dragon marks. Okay. Yeah, I mean, as years ago, uh, you know, the Kondarak uh, house was a safe haven for dragon marks. That's a long way from here. They kind of keep to themselves now. I mean, they still hold great respect and power up in, in the holds, but they're, they like to keep to themselves. The whole The whole region does. You know, they've, they're still open for trade and produce, you know, great weapons and armor and goods, but we don't have a lot of direct contact with them. They more or less send out ambassadors. You, you sir, offend me. Talking about House Kundarak making weapons and stuff. Obviously, you have never dealt with us. We don't deal in weapons. We are the bankers of Corvair. We deal with purses and safes and funds. We safe keep everyone's money. And that is why I am here, because there is a vested vested interest for House Kundarak to make sure things go smoothly today. Yes, my apologies. I did not mean just House Kundarak, just the, the Dwarven families 
and houses up in the Mirar holds. You know, it almost seems like as a whole nation, they have stepped back um, and don't have as much of a presence as some of the other nations have come forth since the last war. It's weird that you're asking about things that have happened for a long time now, because you don't even seem that old. I may not look very old, I'm, you know, but I've spent a lot of time. I've been kind of isolated up in the Fingerbone Mountains of all places. You haven't come down since? Business has kept me up there for the house. He just kind of like looks at you and goes, Nah, I don't get paid enough for this. And hands another ale to you. Well, it's before the festivities take place in here. You're giving yeah. me something to do. Yeah, and I'm trying He's not to, you know, get intoxicated or anything. I'm just kind of keeping a very healthy amount so he doesn't like think I'm just mooching there and sitting there doing nothing. But I'm not really pounding it back. And I mean, while you're sitting there, wait staff are coming and going. You know, bringing out food, setting up tables. And I'm offering, I offer to help them if they need like grain, large grain sacks or anything pulled in. Cause I want to tr- basically try to get myself into the kitchen to taste the food. <laughs> uh, a couple of the, the workers there are like, you know, there's no need. This is what we get paid for. But a, a couple, yeah, they allow you to help so you can go back and, you know, grab some food. I'm assuming that you probably just keep talking with people, just. Yeah, I'm trying to stick with mostly the like the the staff and the lower class people, and not and and blend in as much as I can, and not really draw the attention of anybody who might be dressed up for pomp and circumstance. And then while you're doing that, you know, helping out, taking samples of food, I'm sure that even some of the the chefs and cooks, you know, as you bring stuff over to them to help. They offer you tastings and stuff like that because they don't give a shit. They're making so much food and they they know at these big things that so much of the food's going to go to waste or some of the, the cooks and chefs will take what they can to bring to, you know, other parts of town to donate those that have less. But they still know that a lot of it's going to go to waste, so they don't really give a shit. They're just going to hand you some food. Yeah, and Cass is excited because it's probably the best food he's had in decades. You know, and that's one thing you brought up. Yeah, it's like Cass, he looks like he'd be, if he was a human, he looks like he's probably in his mid-20s. Okay. You know, so he's still, you know, late, mid, mid-20s, early, you know, maybe 30 at the oldest. Like, he still looks really young. You know, yeah. the dwarf equivalent would be, you know, like 65, but, you know, he looks... Uh, as a human, he'd look like 30, you know, 25, 30-ish. Perfect. And then let's head over to the court. There's a, you know, a bunch of people in the courtyard. Uh, Steven and Shalone, you can drag your characters about anywhere on here. You see that there's some random uh, sparring fights going on for the tournament. You know, kind of like right here in this open area. And then... Steven, where did you drag your guy? For some reason, your token did not load. Oh, I know why. Because you never got me one. Not bad. <laughs> well, no one's seen this yet, so... Everyone, that's Steven, that he, nice... Right, he really blends a, in with a circle. <laughs> he is it's so, so overt, it's covert. 
he's so engulfed in the shadows that he just looks like a silhouette with no neck. Um, but as you can see, you know, there's tons of people around for this battle, or not really battle, but, you know, jousting matches, things like that, uh, sword fights, everything like that. You can see up on the on the hill, or not the hill, the wall up here, see the king is sitting with a couple of knights on each of his side as they are watching, enjoying this. You see other priests, uh, guards, knights, even some other nobles uh, up on the walls overlooking the fights. Usually, you see that there are some people placing bets on the fights, you know, so you can gamble if you want to. Um, what are you guys wanting to do while we're here? You know, you can see the castle in the distance. It's probably 500 feet away, if that. Um, and we're just kind of like in a more open court area. So what are you guys doing? Well, I imagine I'm probably... Valyrian's probably trying to kind of meander his way through this courtyard here, uh, keeping his listening ears open. Okay. Uh, subtly. Perfect. All right. Um, yeah, are you just trying to pay attention to the other people around you, or are you keeping your yeah. eye out for the, the noble that you're on the look for, lookout for? Yeah, just kind of like, you know, very... Uh, I would say like Assassin's Creed style, just keeping my eyes and ears open to uh, pick up anything that might get me closer to where I'm trying to get to or who I'm Fantastic. Give me a perception check. First (laughs) fucking roll is a nat 20. God. Hey. Got to start off somehow. The first and last. Okay. So with that, you know, as you're kind of walking through, you're hearing people talk about you know, everything that's going on. You hear whispers of violence that's been going on outside of castle walls. You know, there's a lot of unrest that it seems like the noble families and the king are just ignoring, you know, to the to the north. But you also hear stuff, you know, throughout the throughout the continent. You know, people are just talking about it. Some people are actually quite pissed that there's like this grand party going on when the the crown has yet to even acknowledge any sort of uprising that's been going on throughout the lands. You hear a couple of whispers of the name Sozeb. Doesn't ring any bells to you, but like when people say it, like they do it in a hushed tone. And you also notice with uh, with fucking Nat 20, god damn it, um, that there's a, a handful of people just kind of making their way through the crowds that, you know, they're wearing kind of like dark red cloaks, uh, kind of concealing their faces, but they're not really doing anything. They're just kind of like walking around, but you see, you know, a couple of them. Um, as you make your way through the crowd, you do see this noble uh, that you're you're looking for. It's a noble high elf. Um, he's up on the on the walls um you know kind of overlooking he's you know surrounded by a couple of guards you know they're talking um you can't really make out what they're saying because you're still pretty far away but he's also pretty heavily surrounded um you don't really even know this noble's name um you've seen pictures of him uh 
you know, drawings and flyers and stuff like that from previous intel that you've gathered uh, through your stays and stuff like that. But, you know, they're... You don't know too much more about him other than that he's a, a high elf noble that has traveled across the continent to be here, as have a lot of the other nobles and uh, highborns here. Interesting. Before we see what you do with that, let's cut, cut over to Shalom. What is Luminara doing? So she's just kind of hanging out over here under this uh, canopy thing on, in the courtyard here. Um, and right now what she's doing is she's kind of just, um, looking at the area and taking notes of like the competition. Um, she's also looking at people for any signs of like, like any sickness or anything that's happening, making sure like what, are, what maybe they have weaknesses. Um, so she's just kind of looking around trying to gather anything that she can on potential opponents. Okay, so focusing on opponents, uh, give me... Let's go with uh, a perception check. Fuck these high rolls right off the bat. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Uh, so with an 18 as you are kind of scoping out, you know, the, the other fighters, you know that this tournament is... It's kind of like a, a bracket tournament, you know, kind of like March Madness, but when you get down to, like, the final four, those are the ones that are granted their boons. You know, just for for time's sake, we're going to say, you know, that you've already won your first couple ones. They were felt like you just practicing against a tree. You know, they weren't doing much. They weren't moving a lot. It was pretty easy combat. Um, but you'll see one of them that really is standing out to you is he's just been dominating. You know, he's a... A fighter. Uh, he's been introduced as Sir Russell. So you're not even sure why he's a part of the tournament um, unless it's a self-appointed knightship to himself. Um, but this is what you would all see is he's a, a werejackal. Quite, uh, he's a very fast and aggressive fighter. You know, he's just been cutting through. He's currently in his fight to get him into the finals you know that uh if he wins that this is who you will be fighting you know he's quick and and nimble but as you are looking at him you don't see that he has a lot of armor on you know he's barely has any armor so he's winning basically from his speed and as you are watching this and kind of picking out that doesn't have a lot of uh, armor on him. You know, you see he takes a couple of big hits, um, you know, is looking pretty fucked up. But at the last minute, he comes back and renders his opponent unconscious. They go down. It's a bloody, bloody mess as um, he reaches out, bites this just human fighter on the throat and just blood goes everywhere you are it's a terrifying sight and he goes down you know people cheer you see gold starts getting passed around for people that were betting on this fight you see a handful of hand mages go out you know heal them both up to full you know because they're not actually wanting people to die it's kind of their way of 
being able to have these fighting pits without pissing off people that it's they're letting people die for the king's enjoyment you know and the one that went down is hurried off uh sir russell celebrates is throwing his hands up roaring into the sky he's kind of still in his like hybrid form and there's that you know as they kind of clear the area getting ready for another fight that's going to happen before you guys have your battle but you know that this is who you're battling um is there anything else that you want to do uh, um is there any oh sorry is there any way i can place a bet absolutely okay so let me see what i wrote down for this um okay so for this next fight that comes up you see that there is an elf that comes out that everyone's cheering for very elegant fighter and then there is big monsters like half giant that that comes out you know standing eight and a half feet tall not a lot of people are cheering for him because he doesn't have a lot going for him roll me a d4 uh to see what the odds uh and payout are four okay uh so it is even though the the half giant did not have a lot of people cheering for him, he's still the favored. Um, and it is paying out two to one. So whatever you choose to bet, um, if you win, that's what will be paid out. Okay, I'm having trouble finding my gold in the app. Um, or maybe did we? I think you you have. 25, oh, I found it. I'm you sorry. Have Twenty-five gold. Yes. So is there a bet minimum? Uh, two gold is the bet minimum. Can I do five? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So what it's going to be is a best of five. Uh, rolling d20s. Uh, whoever wants to roll one d20 for the elf, and I will roll a d20 for the half giant. Woof. So the giant starts off super strong, just starts beating the shit out of this elf you see the elf starts to panic a little bit you know using the fact that he's smaller has nice armor good weapons and stuff like that you know is trying to maneuver its way and use his smaller size to his advantage so he steps to the side and go ahead roll again steven (laughs) you know it's not the prettiest of attack but as the the elf starts to spin around the backside of the half giant the half giant who's using just this ridiculously banged up not great looking sword spins to meet the elf as he's going around his other side clocks him you know there's a blood spray people are going absolutely insane for this and then the you know the elf tries to instead of just circling tries to you know tuck and roll between the the half giant's legs to get back in front of him go ahead roll again Stephen. this time it works uh you know he gets between the legs gets right up in front of the the half giant who whips around and before he can you know takes us like a stab just to the right side of the gut shoves the elf off of him goes and now the the half giant is on the attack he's no longer just fighting and waiting for the elf to get close to him now he's 
charging at him. Go ahead and roll again. No. Oh, no. oh my gosh. Barely. And with that, the half-giant shoves the elf off of him. As he's stumbling backwards, he just takes his sword and just cleaves right down into the into the elf, right into the shoulder. The shoulder starts to droop. People are going fucking nuts. There's just so much blood. And instead of even just pulling the sword out, the, the half-giant just stands there, holding the sword in one hand, raises the other hand, turns to the crowd as the elf just slumps from the wound off of his sword. Again, the the mages and healers come out. They heal up, you know, both of the the fighters. Shlone, you get ten gold back uh, for your bet. So, hell yeah! You know the the crowds are going wild. There is one more fight left before yours. If you want to make another bet, you can, or we can just move right on to your fight. I think um, she's going to consider herself lucky and leave it as is. Okay. But as she's claiming her bet, she just holds out her hand and curls her fingers <laughs> in like a handed over motion with the smirk on her face. <laughs> Perfect. All right. While that last fight before yours is going on, we are going to go back over to Dave who uh, now is back in the, the kitchen, I'm assuming, sampling some food, helping people out. Are you just just chatting up the staff, trying to fill in all the gaps? Anything specific you're asking about? Uh, after the bartender mentioned, you know, that the the clans of the, the Moorholds have been kind of, you know, much more rich, you know, secluded. I've been, you know, trying to get answers as to why. Okay. Um... I mean, you are kind of with more common folk, you know, some lowly paid servants and stuff like that. So um, give me a history check. Yeah, that's not going to go well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they don't really know why, because it's, I mean, still trades and stuff like that come and go from from the Moorholds. But, you know, it's, you don't hear a lot about what goes on up there with the or at least they don't really hear much of what's going on up there why they kind of secluded themselves from you know not taking in travelers you know they some some of the workers you know and you can definitely tell just knowing uh, the people up there uh, in the Marholds uh, the Marholds that this is definitely just like an embellishment that almost like a game of telephone amongst the the common people uh, in Valinar is that they turn away travelers. There's rumors that, you know, some of the, the clans have completely shut themselves off. You know, so what they do is they only trade with other clans up in the holds, and then those clans will do their trade uh, with the rest of the, the continent. You know, they... Like they don't, they're they're very weary of travelers, and you know that that's probably an embellishment. You know that they're not attacking travelers, but they might not be the most open and friendly to new faces, sort of thing. 
Yeah, so Kaz is, you know, sitting there, you know, picking all that up, and he's, you know, he's thinking to himself, did the hornet's nest finally open, and are they too busy dealing with something else that they can't come out and deal, you know, work with anybody else anymore? Give me... I don't even know what check I would want for that. That I mean, that's just kind of Cass's personal thought of, all right, there's always, you know, been that looming threat from below and yeah. he's wondering he's wondering if that's why I mean you could Cass could very easily you know suspect that that could be and it would make sense but there's no way of knowing without getting up there yeah guess we'll I'll find out when I get there and at that point in time uh, a server comes over with just a, a full plate of food as you know a thank you and says you know oh well since there's a little bit of time before the feast starts and you've been such a great help we were wondering if you'd like to sit and have a meal with us oh absolutely it's been just you know me and gilly for so long i could you know always welcome new company oh gilly is that a special lady in a way uh, Gilly and I have been traveling together for a long time. Uh, I found, I I, read, I came across her because of my grandfather. Oh, she sounds lovely. Uh, she could be pretty stubborn at times and, you know, really bullheaded if she wants to be. But, you know, she's like family at this point. That's wonderful. Let's, let's go sit. Let's have some food. And then as people start shuffling in, you know, in the next hour or so, not to be rude. We will oh. either have to have you come back into the kitchen, or you can try your luck with mingling with the highborns. Oh, I'd much rather hang out in the kitchen with you guys. Very well. All right. We'll head back over to the, the courtyard. And Stephen, yes, as it, you know, there's one fight left to happen. You know, you've clocked this high elf you know, that you've been searching for, but he seems pretty well surrounded. You know, what are, what are you trying to do? Nonchalantly, of course. Uh, I think he's going to try to just kind of get to a spot where he can see just about everything that's going on, including uh, his elf up there on the wall. So you can kind of track what, uh, what he does and where he goes, but also just keep a good gauge on the fights going down and any other goings on in the court, 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 courtyard. All right, perfect. So maybe kind of down just like at the base of the stairs over here, uh, since the the high elf is up here. There's knights and guards that aren't allowing the common people or fighters or anything like that up on top of the wall or anything. Close to the like the bedding stand. Um, you know, just kind of blending in, not just standing there staring, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Are you just going to stand by the, like, where the bets are coming from, or are you going to place a bet? I'll place a bet. All right. Uh, roll me a d4, because this is the final fight. So, even though the crowd has really enjoyed watching Luminara fight in her earlier fights, unfortunately... Uh, the the favor is for Sir Russell, according to that role. 
it's going to pay out at two to one. Um, how much do you want to bet? Uh, four gold. Four gold? Okay, perfect. Well, Shalone, they announce your fight for Luminora and Sir Russell. So if you want to come out into the middle of the pit here, and we will get started. Okay. Right here again? Mm-hmm. Okay. And roll for oh. initiative. I don't know you, but good luck. What's up, everyone? Are you like me and my friends, where your food tends to be lacking just a little something extra? If you are, look no further than Crybaby Craig's Hot Sauce to fix all of your seasoning and spice needs. From adding a little bit of heat or just enhancing the flavor, this pickled habanero and garlic hot sauce will go on practically anything. Started by Craig himself in Minnesota, this sauce has become the staple of sauces and flavor enhancers across the lands for many, many moons. If you don't believe me, check out crybabycraigs.com and order yours today to, well, quite frankly, better your life, or at least your taste buds. But be sure to let them know we sent you and enjoy the best damn hot sauce there is. Again, that's crybabycraigs.com, and let them know that we sent you. Here's that Sir Russell goes first. Remind me, remind me again, Shalon, what is your armor class? Looks like a 16. Is 16. that right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So right off the bat, he is going to run up to you. Hang on, I just need to double check. Does he get two attacks or just one? Dave, how do I see if he gets two attacks? Uh, I would say if he had a uh, multi-attack. Uh, otherwise, it, oh, it would just... say multi-attack. Okay, cool. And am I allowed to help coach Chillin on her abilities? Not like... I'll allow it. It's the first fight with... A new character. With a new character, yeah. All right, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, because you have a reaction when he gets within 10 feet to force him to do a con save or take 1d4 necrotic damage. Already pulling out the circle of spores. Well, that's not even symbiotic energy. That's just spores in general. Always yeah. has that open. What, which one? Is that the absorb elements? No, that no that's a spell. It's uh, it's a circle ability. I'll have to... Yeah, you just kind of get it. Oh, okay. Can we just take a T here? That way I can write that down for future reference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, that's your halo of spores, isn't it? Is that what it is, Dave? Yeah, yeah I'm looking it up here. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's under halo of spores. Halo spores. And 10 feet. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. You will just have to remind me of that, because it looks... Because that doesn't go off of her wild shape or anything like that. It's just... It's always there. It's just there. Yeah, it's always there, but when she turns on her symbiotic entity it doubles the dice yeah so it's but this one is all the, the halo is always on bitch. okay <laughs> so he's within 10 feet he doesn't have any sort of ranged weapon so what it was a con save yeah at her it's, spell save dc spell save so that's a 13 mm-hmm. fantastic are you 
Are you guys seeing what he's rolling? Nope. Okay. Well, he failed it. So, um, Shalom gets to roll 1d4. Yep. So, 2. Okay. So, it takes 2 damage, but then he is going to attack... Um, He's kind of just been like in his hybrid form the whole time. He hasn't gone full jackal wear, um, but he's doesn't like to be in his human form. You haven't seen him as in his full human. You just see like this humanoid jackal, basically. So he's going to use his scimitar on you. Fucking whiffs hard. So completely misses. So Shalom, that's you. Okay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Not have picked Shalone to be the first one to throw down. (laughs) (laughs) She was Um, the only one from the what I what I offered. The only one that wanted any sort of combat. Oh, I just told you to do you. But okay, remind me again. I can move and then do an action, correct? Or is moving the action? No, you You always have move, do an action, and you have a bonus action. Okay. So I'm going to try and create some distance. He from- will get uh, an opportunity attack on you if you do that. Yeah, if you step away, he gets, he gets to make an attack at you. Okay. I mean, you still can, but he will get an, uh, an attack of opportunity. Okay, I, um, I am thinking about doing Ice Knife. Okay, Ice Knife. Oh, wait, that's a... Oops. Wait, Chill Touch, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, you should be able to do that without at close distance right Dave it doesn't have to be ranged uh no it does it's a, it's a ranged spell attack I believe wait chill touch or ice knife I meant to do chill touch uh they both are they both they both are all right it oh yeah ranged spell attack so you still can but he'll get a swing at you okay um I'm just gonna I'm gonna back away from him then probably go I mean, you could technically cast it right up next to him. It would just be at disadvantage. So there's a higher chance of missing. I'll just do... I'll do this. I'll move back over here if acceptable. Yep, that's within your movement. Um, He's going to try and take a bite at you. Misses. Okay. And then from here, I will do chill touch. Okay, go ahead and cast it. Did it do it? 17 hits. Go ahead and uh, roll damage. Eight. And because of that, he can't heal until the end of her turn. Until the end of your next turn. Yay. He's looking pretty hurt. The crowd is shocked because he swings his sword at you, completely misses. You know, it's like effortless for you to dodge. You just kind of like lean back and sword goes right over you. And as you lean back, you know, you take a few steps backwards to create a little bit of distance. Since his sword is already down, he tries to bite at you. Just air snaps, you know, just a dog clanging teeth at nothing. You step back, you cast this chill touch, you know, almost like a decrepit corporeal hand reaches out and just shoves a finger right into his chest. He stumbles for a second, gasps, and then that is his turn. Besaven Valyrian off to the side notices that out of the corner of his eye. He's like, goodness. You bet on the wrong guy. (laughs) Well, actually, you didn't say if you bet on 
It's just that it was he was favored for a two to one payout. You could have bet on Luminara, but that way you'll only just make your money back. Oh, I mean, I would have. Yeah. To be fair, I would have voted on Yana or just because she's Elven. But yeah. So you would have doesn't matter. bet on her. Yeah. So you might make your money back. Um. Well, he's favored that she should have better odds. Okay, so that was his like whole you're, turn. You're right. You might make two to one. Sure. Uh, say that again, Shalon. I'm sorry. Well, now it's his right, turn well. to do it, and his his that was your turn. And now it's his. Unless right. you have any sort of bonus action that you want to do, but I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, you haven't. He hasn't even freaking touched you yet. So doesn't have ranged attacks. He's mad. He's going to run back up. Now that he's back within 10 feet, Dave, does that mean that he takes the Halo Spores again, or is that just once per... It's any time they start their turn or enter the space, she can use her reaction to do it. <sighs> and it's it's an automatic hit, right? It's a con save. Oh, that's right. It's a con save. That time he passed, so... so no damage. Roll, no damage? Not yeah, now. it's all or nothing. Okay. So, he's mad. And hurt. Uh, he's going to swing his scimitar again and misses. He is, you know, he's looking hurt. You know, you just see from where the chill touch hit, it just looks fucking infected and like the skin around that is dying. He's damn near attacking recklessly, but not really because that's not the type of class that he is. So, Shalom, that's you. Okay, so if I move, that gives him... Okay. Yeah, he would get another Uh, attack if you leave right being right next to him I think maybe I will just she is going to reach on her thigh and pull out a dagger and try and attack him with that where she is okay I do this right here so it is so with being close to him is that disadvantage or is this just normal because it's it's melee so yeah and don't you have a scimitar I don't see one on her character Mm -hmm. sheet I don't Hmm. think so nine misses you should have a scimitar, though, right? It's not starting equipment unless you chose it. Okay. Because she has two different daggers. They do the same thing, but... Yeah, scimitar just does 1d6 versus 1d4. Yeah. All right, so then that's his turn. He doesn't have to move, so he's going to swing his scimitar at you. 19 hits, right? Yeah, because 16. So that's for five slashing damage. But you can still use your reaction again to make him take that con save during his turn. Oh, yeah, because he did start within your... Uh Uh-huh. Okay. That's going to be very handy. (laughs) He failed. So go ahead and roll a d4. Four? Okay. You guys see that? Yeah. Four. Yeah. I didn't want to re-roll that one. (laughs) (laughs) So that's four more damage. Mm Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch. This dude is looking super fucked up. I don't know what it is, Chad, but I see the numbers for, like, the health. Hmm. That could just be because you have DM permissions. I see it, too. Yeah, I I was gonna say, I'm logged in as a player. So when I click on it, you see the numbers? Uh-huh. You might. It might be one He's of those things. We can, yeah, one of those yeah. things we can see. We'll talk about later to fix. Okay, cool. Um, so then that's his turn. No, 
that's your turn because that was the end of his turn and your reaction. So go ahead. Oh, okay. Hmm. I think I'm going to try the dagger again. Okay. Are you using that dagger? I am not. Okay. Uh, eight misses. So you swing it. Even though he's super hurt, he's still nimble and quick. So he's able mm-hmm. to, you know, dodge a little bit without moving his feet. Okay. Um, so now it's back to Sir Russell. 17 hits uh, just for three damage. Okay. So can I do my reaction thing on him again now? Mm-hmm. So that's a con save, which he fails. D4. I don't know why it's not popping up. I don't know if I did something wrong, but it says three. It says three? Okay. I don't know why it's not popping up in the, the chat, but that's totally fine. This dude is on fucking death's door. <laughs> like. It, it, it's time to go all psycho with the knife on. It, time to yeah. go all psycho with the knife. And it's, <laughs> your, it's <laughs> your turn. Oh, jeez. Okay. Okay, so I roll dagger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, normal or is this is this still normal because he's on death door? Okay. Yeah. Making sure. Ooh. You don't even have to roll damage. Finish him. Oh sweet. Um. So I want it to be kind of like. Well, okay. So in the terminant, terminant, it's not like we can't kill them, right? There, there's people to actually like heal them and bring them back. Okay, so she, like, kind of grabs, like, the back of his neck and, like, pulls him, like, into her and, like, just, like, starts stabbing his gut. <laughs> and all just of a sudden, she's, like... Over and like, over. Yeah, and then she grabs, like, the fur on the back of his neck and, like, pulls out. And with, like, the hilt of her dagger, she, like, knocks his head and just kind of, like, slings him over and just kind of, like, steps over his body and just keeps walking. Hell yeah. Where do you walk to? Riddle. Um, I am going As you to step uh, over this bloody fucking mess. All these mages are rushing to his body to bring him back to life. I will walk right here. Just kind of like right in the center of all the festivities, whatever, everyone. <laughs> Perfect. All right. The mages heal him up. They rush over to you. They heal you back to full. Um, I don't think he used any actual spells. So... You just used a cantrip, but if you had used spells, you wouldn't get your spells back. Basically, they force feed you enough healing potions until you're fully healed. Okay, so I can put my um, my points back up then. To full. Yep. And uh, Steven, you bet four gold? Yeah. Or uh, Valinar did? Uh, Valyrian. Valyrian, sorry. Valinar's the country we're in. Uh, Valyrian, he gets eight gold back. Can uh, <clears throat> the underdog? Can we say that Valyrian kind of popped up right behind the uh, the bet taker person as he was handing out um, winnings? Just appeared right behind him and just politely yeah. asked, uh, "Do you have my winnings, sir?" Roll me a stealth check. I'll say with advantage because everyone's going fucking nuts uh, over what just happened. We'll just make it DC sixteen. Oh yeah, I got a twenty-two. You pop up behind him. Just very, very sneaky star. And as you whisper to him, like my winnings, please, he's like, oh, fuck. Where did you come from? <laughs> you know, the, the crowd is is going wild. The king stands up to to hush the crowd. You know, he starts 
to to speak his voice immediately as he starts speaking you're like this dude wow like this guy is just came from money because he stands up and he's like thank you everyone for celebrating my name day and for all of our fighters the four of you afterwards uh, my guards will come down and get the four winners to have a private meeting with me where we can discuss your boons as he's just rambling on thanking the people and how lucky he feels to be their leader. I need everyone, including Cass, because, you know, the, the dining hall is still empty, but there's big windows so you can see out into the sky. Give me all, uh, all of you give me a perception check with advantage. We're going to call it, it's going to be super low. We're going to say a DC 10. Dave, you are so engulfed in the food. This food is really good, man. Oh, I haven't eaten like this in decades. <laughs> uh, so you notice that as the king is giving this speech. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess. Sorry, I was I supposed to do that too? You you were. I, th- I misread and thought that you'd already rolled it. So you and uh, Valerian, while you're standing outside, the king is giving the speech. Very unnaturally, the sky darkens. These deep, heavy clouds start rolling in. You almost see like dry lightning, you know, because it's not raining, but you see lightning flicker across the sky. People start to get really uncomfortable. And you see before anything happens. How do I select multiple without getting some of these other guys? Whatever. It's a real pain. Okay. Whatever. You see these hooded individuals, you know, within the crowd, just a couple of them. They're wearing those dark red hoods that uh, Valerian would have seen earlier as he was walking through the crowd. But they step forward. You hear this loud, thunderous crackle. And it's not audible this voice that you hear and Cass would hear this too but he didn't realize what was going on outside but suddenly because you still hear everything else around you but inside of your head you hear this voice and as the voice starts speaking the king in the middle of his speech freezes and gets lifted off of the ground and you hear this dark grizzled almost whispered voice so This is the one you call king. This boy who knows nothing of war and would let his people die and sacrifice everything only for his cock. This is who you think should rule? The crowd starts freaking out. The people in the kitchen and the dining hall by UCAS are panicking. They don't know what's going on. And again, in your voice, in your head, you hear... Who should fear this boy but peasants and lepers? You start to see the king's elbows snap backwards as he's suspended in the air. And the voice continues, If you want to know true power, a true king, bend the knee to us 
And as that happens, these cloaked figures pull out swords. Here and now, for we are the rightful rulers of all the lands and plains. As this is going on, Cass, you hear only inside of your head. Ah, oh, Caster Flamebeard. I see that after so many years, you finally escaped your purgatory. Tell me, how many of your friends did I kill? There is a voice I haven't heard in a couple hundred years. Game. Do you still have that gouge in your shoulder from my hammer? It has healed unfruitfully, I must say. Well then, I'll have to find you and give you one on the other side to match. Well, it's a shame that you couldn't save your crew before fleeing. They will make great puppets. Then it cuts back to the commoners, the nobles out in the out in the crowd. You know, this is in everyone's head again. Many of these nobles and, and the commoner folk are watching as the king is just suspended in the air. They start screaming in fear, in defiance. And as they argue and shout, the, the voice continues in tongues that you don't quite understand. And suddenly, several of the common folk drop dead. The two people sitting next to cast at the table drop dead. The voice continues, A king that cares more about trinkets and whores, but can't protect his kingdom. What a joke. Dark smoke and fog from the cloud starts to drop and fill the streets with just a blanket on the ground so the, the bodies that dropped you can no longer see. See what a true ruler can do. Devout yourself to the promised, your savior, and all shall be reborn. And as he says that, the king's neck snaps and his body is thrown over the edge of the wall out of sight in Luminora's head she hears outcast for being a bastard what a shame you weren't strong enough to make a difference a pardon won't change the fact that you failed to save her you weak half-blooded disgrace Again, in everyone's heads, you hear, See what a true ruler can do. And back in Valyrian's head, A criminal who tries to outrun fate. You can never escape the past, and no good deed goes unpunished. If you want, you can give me a perception check, all three of you. I say as she hears that voice in her head, she grasps with her hand the dagger. The dagger, okay. The 16. 16. All right. 11. It's a pretty low DC, so 11 still passes. Is Valyrian giving a, a perception check on this? Oh, I got a 5. Oh, you, oh, I didn't see that. I'm sorry. I thought that was your earlier one. We could add up together. <laughs> Valyrian is deeply troubled by what he heard in his voice because 
He doesn't know who this is. Never encountered this person. How would this person know any sort of even vague details about who you are? You've been living in the shadows for so long. Luminora and Cass, both as you look around, as you're hearing these voices in your head, as Luminor is grasping this ornate dagger that's still in the hilt at her side, you can see around that the people that did not drop, that are still standing above the fog, are grasping their ears, and all of them are reacting differently, almost like they're being told something about themselves to just terrify them. With that, you hear an airship start to fly over the court has a couple of rope ladders on the sides you see some hooded figures climbing down the rope ladders uh, to be around you and at that same time where those bodies dropped you see the tokens that I found are skeletons but undead versions of those people start to rise. And I need everyone to roll for initiative. You need me to drag myself onto that map because otherwise it won't. Um, No, we'll get to yours here in a second. Because you're still within the... That, so... I have to stand it up, grab it like food, and shove it in the back like, guess I gotta take this to go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You got an 18. You got a 14. I want to say here is these undead folk are rising and once I kind of snap out of my little trance that I have going there from what he told me uh, Valyrian kind of like takes a step like just directly step backwards into a shadow and when he takes a step forward out of that shadow he you now has donned a a mask and put his hood up Oh my god, did I... We we did see that roll. Yeah, that one came out. Okay. I don't like it. But it did not show up on... Good god. I forgot to... You should should re-roll that. No. (laughs) It's not how this works. It's not how any of this works. (laughs) So... Before we actually start, you see just people fleeing. The king is super dead. People are just terrified, you know, so they're fleeing. Um, the guards for the people up on the on the walls, you know, are kind of just covering the, the nobles that are still there, keeping them protected. All right. So, Luminara, you act first. You're kind of in the middle of a couple of undead. There's a cult fanatic to the north of you, one to your right, um, kind of by the fountain. What are you doing? Um, so if I move, no one gets to attack me, right? Nope, because you're not in anyone's immediate uh, like melee range. Perfect. Okay, I'm going to move, kind of get out in the middle of them a little bit. And I am going to do chill touch at this fella over here. All right, there we go. Um, So she runs over there, kind of like does like a sliding into like a a kneeling position facing him. Just turn her body that way. And she's gonna launch chill touch at him. 
21 defi- definitely hits. Roll for damage. I just hit chill touch, right? Right there? Yep. Um, okay. Four. Perfect. Definitely hurt him. All right. Anything else that you want to do for like a bonus action or anything like that? Um, so just to confirm, the bonus action, action takes a slot, correct? If it's under it. Uh, what are you looking at? Because the only bonus action that I'm aware I have is healing word. Yeah. Oh, so. you haven't been injured. There's no no one on the battlefield other than an enemy has been injured that's left alive, at least. Right. Okay. So, no. Okay. Bonus action. <laughs> um, so, that's going to be the cult fanatics. Right. This one over here. What is their speed? There's one, two. Okay. Can't quite get close enough. Neither of them can get close enough to attack either of you. So then that's going to be Valyrian's turn. Can't hear you. Sorry, just give me one second. I'm piecing this together. Um, Alright, Valyrian's going to call in his little owl buddy uh, with the fine familiar uh that takes an hour yeah, to cast i'm sorry no, it lasts until it's unsummoned but it takes an hour to cast gotcha okay if you want we can retcon it and say that you already had your familiar just kind of flying around kind of helping you with some perception so if you want to call okay, it okay yeah because <laughs> I was kind of facing okay. So then that means it's an owl? Yes. Since I saw these guys acting super suspicious earlier, um, and it's, it seems like it's pretty obvious that those, these red cloaked figures are kind of a part of what's ever going on here. So I'm going to use my owl to give the help action of the nearest red cloaked cult fanatic. Okay. To and then what are you doing? Run up. Valyrian's going to run up behind him. Uh, attempt to slash at him. I want to make sure that I do this the correct way. Is there, there's no casting time for Booming Blade, uh, Dave, right? No, it automatically, <laughs> as part of the spell, you make the attack with it. So yeah, I'm going to use that Booming Blade to slash him across the back. Yeah, so you would just make your... To click, click with your weapon attack, because it's not doing anything extra right now. But that would also be sneak attack uh if you hit oh. yeah with it with advantage okay so 22 yeah. definitely hits go ahead and roll damage so that's for that and then it's a one or 2d6 for sneak attack 2d6 at level three that's nice. a three and a six for nine 13 and then so that's 13 total okay. and then i'll use my what i have to use my killing action because i still have a little bit left so i'll just uh, he would get an opportunity to attack if you don't use it to disengage. Okay, so I use my cutting action to disengage. Well, you just attacked, so... you Cutting action's a bonus for rogues. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just uh, heard I'm going to use my action to disengage. I didn't hear cunning action. Out of curiosity, what is this exactly? Is this like a... Like a stall? stone bench sort of thing. Okay, so it's small. Mm-hmm. It's probably like so waist just... height. So that was... 13 total. Yep. 
And I'll uh, speak that to you. Okay. And you have to remind me, Dave, I, I remember reading up on this when I designed this character. There's something with owls with the fine familiar where they have the... It's a uh, flyby where they don't trigger opportunity attacks. Right, okay. So I can pull him out as well? Mm-hmm. So... Okay. So that's the skeleton's turns. They're going to go... To... All right, so only one of them gets close enough. Uh, they're going to swing on you, Shalone. Actually, one of them's going to swing their sword. It's a 19 to hit for 8 piercing. Yeah, we saw that too. Okay. How do I make it so that you don't? Oh, never mind. I remember how to do that. Okay, so Shalone, that's 8 damage. Um, I'm not going to worry about this right now. Um, so you're just going to see what these rolls are. Um, and then this one that's off to the side is going to use their short bow on you as well. 21 to hit for another six. Ouch. Then this skeleton here is going to use the short bow on Valyrian. 20 to hit for three. All right. So it's back up to Luminar. Keepers. Okay, so I did find the circles. Is that showing up for you guys that my health went down? Yeah. Okay. I think I want to get the hell out of there. <laughs> so you can just full on move out of the way if you still want to use an action, or you can take your action to disengage and not take an opportunity attack. But then you can attack after that. Well, really? you can use your bonus action to heal yourself, but. No, he didn't start. Uh, can I use the reaction one, the halo, Absolute, on the guy that's next yeah. to me? Uh, your spell save is a DC 13, right? Mine? Yeah. Uh, your spell save, yeah, it's a 13. Yes. So, no damage for that. Okay. Because he passed. So, with that being said, I can move freely still? If you... you can- well, take the disenga- you could take the disengage action and walk away without him getting an attack, but then you can't do any other action ability. Yeah, so you could really only heal yourself as a bonus action. Okay. So I can disengage and do the healing as a bonus action? Yeah, like- healing word as a bonus action. Okay, so is it appropriate to to save where I was. Can I move here or no? Like kind of going from the inside? Or does it have to be a straight line? Or It doesn't have to be a straight line. That should okay. be enough because it's only about 20 feet. So I'll do it. You know. Okay. So I will do that. Um... I mean, it's not like those pink L shapes are. It's, it's a bench. Okay. So I just like run, kind of hop over. I'm going to do the disengage. Um... And then I think I'm going to use this healing word on myself. Go for it. I'm go over here. Sorry. Um, cast at what level? I think that's level one. You can do it at one or two uh, right now. Level two will provide more healing, but it'll eat up a level two spell slot. I will just do a level one. Okay. So you get seven, seven back. And then I mark that off on a spell slot, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah, first level. Cultists. This guy's just going to run forward. That guy. 
can't even get to you. So he's mad that he was hit, but can't quite get to Steven, so he's going to run up to you, Shalone. Uh, he triggers Booming Blade when he moves and takes 1d8 thunder damage. I was just going to say that. You want to roll that, Steven? Sorry, Valyrian. Valyrian is working. He's looking pretty hurt. Roll the self. Oh, and, and because he got hit, doesn't that push him back 10 feet? No, it doesn't push. Oh, I thought it was... I had, it's just thunder damage. Yeah, if they move of their own free will, basically. Like, if you push them, it doesn't trigger it. But if they walk or advance or something, then it activates. Right, right. Okay, so he gets uh, two ranged or not ranged attacks, uh, two melee attacks. Who's gonna so crit for eight points of damage on Luminara. So much for healing word. <laughs> and then his second hit also hits for five more. You're probably going to want to activate your symbiotic entity, Shalon. Sorry about that. It's totally fine. Um, so then this other guy, he's just going to dash. Oh, and... Also, that guy approached Shalone. Sorry, Luminora. Con save fails. So, what's your Halo spores? Oh, uh, 1d4? Yeah. 1d4. You want to go ahead and roll that for me? I'm, I'm sorry, I rolled a 4. I don't know why it's not showing up here, but... We believe you. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking pretty hurt, but you can kind of see that they're not worried about their injuries. Yeah. Of course, Luminara is looking really hurt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alright, so Valyrian, that's you. So, while Valyrian's watching the, uh, the two guys approach him, he kind of looks over and notices a fairly <clears throat> fucked up woman um, being pursued by this uh, just real creep of a dude with a red hood. And being the selfless elf that he is, he's going to shoot since uh, since he's within five feet of a of one of his enemies. You would be he a disadvantage. A disadvantage? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, unless you have like some kind of feat that negates that. Or why would it be a disadvantage? Because you're doing a ranged attack while you're within melee range. Of an enemy. Uh, that says 10 feet, so he wouldn't yeah. be then. I was just saying, I didn't think of this. I mean, I could just move back. More. I mean, if you're 10 and you're fine, it's just the mm-hmm. grids I don't think are lining up with the. They're not. Actually, well, is this is this like a wall here? Or, or is it just. It's just more of a map? courtyard. I mean, I would say like back here, but it's, it's a little bit invisible. What are you, what are you trying to do? Um. Go back about 25 to 30 feet and then shoot this creepazoid with a uh, crossbow for sure. I mean, you could come back here or just over here. Well, my intention is to try to stay out of their range a little while still being within range of Luminor. So, if at all possible, just scoot back. That's where the map ends. I'm sorry. 
I'll just. So I'm not going to let you go past the invisible wall. This is early PlayStation 2 rules. There's an (laughs) invisible wall. You can't pass it. Got to turn off clipping first. All right. Well, then. How do I do that? That's an old PlayStation thing. Oh. (laughs) I feel dumb for not knowing that. Screw it up along the edge. To here. Say I went the back way. One boy's going to come with me. Um, talk into your microphone please I'm so sorry alright so Valyrian's gonna scootle along the backside of Luminora and this cultist guy here he's going to shoot this guy here with uh, Torpo I assume a 19 hits yeah, yeah 19 hits so in a flash you see Valyrian just dart and power slide behind Luminora, pop up to his knees and just right into the cult fanatic. You know, catches him in the shoulder. You know, he takes it, but it's not slowing him down. That's for my sneak attack. Finish him. (laughs) Sneak attack. I guess it is slowing him down. (laughs) Um... As Valyrian runs past uh, behind Luminora, kind of does like a, a quick little slide, pulls out his short bow, and then just before the guy can even react, he just slings one right into the right above the heart, and he just kind of falls, barely alive for the last few seconds, but leads out very, very quickly. All right, so then that's. He also says to. Uh, Luminora. The duck, you can use a hand. <laughs> Luminora looks over her shoulder back at him and just does like a subtle, like, just like downwards nod in gratitude. The most she could show. Just, mm. Yeah. And then back, averts her attention back to the remaining opponent. Alright, so then that's the undead. It's gonna come up to you, make a con save. We're fucked. Definitely makes the con save, so nothing from your Halo spores. And is going to swing his short sword. 23 hits for 7. Oh, no. I'm dead. He's <laughs> down. Okay. You're just unconscious. It's not great, Cotton. She I will not be like able pumpkins. to see very well, Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> I sure do like pumpkins. Two. Okay, so that skeleton gets there. This one's going to full dash. The one that didn't dash uh, is going to use its short bow on Valyrian, because just watched it take out else that misses. I'm assuming. Is it? Ten. Yeah. Yeah. Ten does not hit. All right. Well. We're going to pause right there for a second. We're going to go over and see Casp before we let Luminora start rolling death saves. So, Casp, unfortunately, because you were having a meal with these people, you are actually at this table. There is a table between you. Now, I'm going to need you to roll initiative. I did a while back. And there's two guys there with him? He did what was it? 
Like a 13? Yes, it was a 13. Cool. And there's two people there with him, right? Yep. And then you see a cult fanatic run in as well. He is going to take a dash action just to get close. All right. And then... Cass, that's you. All right. Stand up. Draw my weapons like a damn duck here. Thought I was done with this shit. They'd be fucking dead by now. And so I'm going to, in my mind, telepathically call to Gilly. Because I can call to her up to a mile away. Huh? Say, Gilly, there's trouble. Need you over here as soon as you can get here. And then I'm going to just swing on one of these undead people with the the blunt end of the warhammer. All right. Uh, That's only an eight. That's probably not going to do squat. Nope. Uh, You swing. They're kind of like wobbling as they're, you know, undead. And you just, unfortunately, you swing at a bad time. Just miss as they kind of wobble. Yep. And then... As a bonus action, I will cast Shield of Faith on myself. Okay. And what does that give you? That boosts your AC, right? Yeah, it boosts my armor class up by two. Fuck. Hey, stop messing with my character sheet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I guess I can look it up other ways. Um, yeah, that's what the I, the uh, I button uh, is. For- yeah. <laughs> it's just faster. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. There. Thank you. So, so All right. How long does that? Up to 10 minutes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Concentration up to 10 minutes. All right. So that is this uh, undead's turn. They are going to clamor over the table and take short sword attacks. First one misses. Second one misses. Uh, yep. That is up to Colt. Oh, actually... Because they're flanking, so one would hit for three piercing. Uh, yeah. Alright. Also, roll me a d4, will you, just to see how many rounds before Gilly shows up. Oh, you definitely saved that. That's fine. Oh yeah, my, my concentration check. Okay. Alright, so then that's going to be the cult fanatic. Uh, he's going to stay back a little bit and throw one of his daggers and miss terribly. So now that's you again. Yep. Uh, let's see if I can actually swing this hammer a little better this time. Definitely uh, it, hits. Yeah, 20 definitely hits <laughs> for nine bludgeoning. Oh, wrong one. Uh, if they truly are skeletons and they're vulnerable to bludgeoning damage. Yeah, does that mean that it takes double damage? Yep. Okay, so that be 18. Uh, we're going to use cleaving rules. If, <laughs> like, you just power through this first one, just... Yeah, it's a full Link-style Zelda slash spin slash and s- smash that one thing's head off. And as you swing through and hit the other one, it hurts it. All right, that's... It's turn. No longer has advantage. Gonna swing its sword at you. Swing so bad that its sword 
hits the table behind you and sticks for a second. Just nah, <laughs> it sticks. So then that's going to be the cult fanatic. Going to keep its range. Throw another dagger. Misses. That is back to you, Cass. And now that you're aware of the things that's going on, you hear the airship above you. Uh, you know, just outside the windows. Give me a perception check with advantage. Uh, 16 either way. You notice, you can see the flags flying on this airship, and you clock it right away as the last ship you saw before departing your crew. How the hell did these bastards get here? That's you. Yep. What are you doing? Uh I'll, uh, I'm gonna see if I can smash the uh, the other skeletons facing. Probably. Oh, Holy baby, shit. that twenty. Finish them. Yeah. Good. Yeah, because that's only eleven double to twenty-two bludgeoning damage. Yeah, I just you know turn around, face them, and almost Gallagher style, just come down two-handed onto this thing and just crush it down to the floor. And then I turn and look at the other guy, go. You still want a piece of this? Give me an intimidation check. That's double fives. That's pretty bad. He goes, I'll take my chances. And throws a dagger. And it just hits. Clinks off my shield. Now he's mad and is going to use his movement and come up on you. Ah, thanks for making it easy on me. That's... Back yep. to you, and this is the third round, so Gilly comes crashing through the window. Like which side? Up to you. Alright, so, so I'm guessing these things yeah, so Gilly comes smashing through over here and to the, Gilly is a giant ram. You know, basically a giant ram the size of a, a horse. Hell yeah. This is... This is Caster's mount. And uh, what is the technical term for it from the ability? It is Ancestral Companion. This is my Ancestral Companion is Gilly. So, for game purposes, she has Warhorse stats. So she has a she has a speed of sixty and acts on my initiative. So I'm gonna have Gilly move first. One, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's sixty, and then she'll just dash up to here with me. Actually, I'll have her go here. So. You made the wrong choice, guy. And then now I get to swing my Warhammer with advantage. That is a 20 to hit. It does. For nine bludgeoning. Nine bludgeoning. Oh, yeah. Gilly actually gets an attack, too. Haha, with her hooves. Even after a dash? Oh, that's right. Yeah, she dashed. Yeah. So, yeah. She, so it's now his turn. All right. Now that he's in melee range, this cult fanatic is going to take two swings with its dagger. Swings one, misses. Swings the other, 
hits your plate armor, and the tip of the dagger just bends a little bit on a nat one. I just looked out at him, and then looked back up like, you really picked the wrong day to fuck with me. And that's back to Cass. Yep. So I'm going to have, I'm going to let Gilly attack first. That is a 23 to hit for 12 bludgeoning. And then castle act and swing the warhammer. Only a 14. Um, but a 14 hits. That's another seven. Tearing it up. This <laughs> dude is fucking hurt. Not doing great. He's starting to realize that he made a mistake. He's questioning all of his life's choices. Mm-hmm. Really wishes that he could go home and write a letter to his mom to say, I'm sorry. That sort of, that's how badly he's regretting what he's doing. But he's like, <laughs> I can't do anything about this. Crits for yep. seven. And 21 also just hits for an additional five. 21... Uh, yeah, so that's a total of 12. So, uh, where was I now? I can't remember where I was with health. You were full. You hadn't been hit yet. No, I've been, thought I'd been hit once by one of those skeletons. Because he got, he had advantage. Oh, yep, you're right. Uh, I took three, so I've taken 18 total. Yep. Alright, and so I gotta make two concentration checks. Uh, both DC 10. Yep. And yep. All right. Gilly, would you stomp this asshole for me? <laughs> and then let just Gilly, Gilly finish him. She just rear, turns around and just rear kicks him like over tables and everything across the room. Bam. And then I will use my movement to get on. And then Gilly and I are riding out of this room. Okay. Are you where? Are you just like getting the fuck out, or are you going after the the airship? Uh, no, I'm trying to get out to like open ground courtyard. I'm not going towards an airship by uh, with a goat. All right. So yeah, we're just you know basically by the end of the turn, we're probably basically back out to almost where she came in so we're trying to just get to the doors down here and get out to like the courtyard or something okay well we'll just say you know take two turns full dash yep oh and just so you're aware shield of faith also also affects gilly what's her ac (laughs) right now it's 15 that's with shield of faith yeah okay because of the ability as much as me oh fantastic I I told you guys I was playing the tank. <laughs> oh yeah, I right. speed tank For a now. Second, Dave. <laughs> and Dave will say that you know took you know a little bit of time. You did full dashes. Are you coming out to this courtyard where you see more fuckery? Oh going yeah, out? I'm trying to get like out you know out to you know through the gate and out of this shit show. All right. So you said it's going to take him two turns to get out, or? Yeah, basically, you can get to about, like, here-ish, you know, just kind of entering the map. So I'm, like, right there Yeah, that works. Yeah, so now you guys officially see this giant ram come dashing, breaking down doors of the keep and just charging out. And on the back, you see a mohawked 
dwarf with a warhammer. Lyrian just looks over out of the corner of his eye. He's like, "What in all the hells is that?" Perfect. All right, Luminara, I need a need you to roll a death saving throw. Where do uh, I find that in the app here? That's what I was just looking for. Otherwise, you can just roll a d20. If yeah. you go to health and death, is where you'll find death save. It's at the very bottom. Yeah. Oh, I see. It's the red one. Yeah, roll the save. Yep. Okay. Ten. That's okay. a success. Yep. One oh, success. Nice. All right. So this cult fanatic is going to just run over here because uh, I don't think he can get close enough with his movement, and he's going to throw a dagger at Valyrian. 13, I'm assuming, misses? A 13 does miss. Okay. That's the only cultist left. So now that is you, Cass. Alright. So, I look, Cass comes in, sees them in pretty bad situation with her on the ground and him being surrounded now by four it's like I know we should get out of here Gilly but we gotta get everybody out who we can and so Gilly's just gonna charge Loki you skipped me too that's okay uh Chad yeah is it his cause Valerian would be next not me you're right. I'm very sorry. It's okay. My feelings aren't hurt at all. Good. Now we can move on. <laughs> Do you want to switch the order? Or... No, you're next. That's fine. It doesn't matter. I just... It's you and then Cass, so... Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to have... Um, I'm going to have Hoover. Is his name. Spelled W-H-O-O-V-E-R. Uber. Question: Is this a uh, the the fountain that's in the center of this courtyard? Is that a, a tall fountain, or is it something that one could fairly easily and deftly maneuver over? Um, it's probably like 10, 15 feet tall. So if you wanted to try and maneuver over it, it's going to take some of your movement and an athletics check on a nat twenty. I'll let you kind of fucking just okay. get over it and still have your attack, but. Um. Because you're about case, 10 feet from the center of it. In that case, actually, I will have... I mean, there's low parts around it, so you can very easily, like, move around it. So like, I didn't know if like... you were trying to, like, perch yourself. No, 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 I just... My original plan was to uh, kind of come up and whack this guy and then dip out of there. Um, but actually, upon further inspection, I think I will just... No, I'll go... Uh... I'm going to send Hoover, my trusty owl companion, to this guy here, the one of the skeletons that's near the fountain. Okay. Um, he's going to assist me with the, the help action, and then I'm going to, if possible, this is why I asked about the fountain, um, maneuver just far, far enough away from the second guy that I don't come within melee range um, before... Where, where are you trying to end up? Please. Hit him, hit this guy here, and then go back to, like, there. Hit him with a melee attack? Yep, a booming blade. 
Okay. Well, then if you're within melee, he's within melee. So. Yeah, but I'll just use it. I'll use the disengage to get out of there. But. Well, not if you swing your sword. That would be your action. Oh, you cunning uh, action. I'm sorry. Rogues, man. Yeah, fucking. Hell. I don't yeah. love them. Yeah, then you can definitely do that. That's totally fine. Okay, so. Valerian's gonna run up, maneuver over the small part of the fountain, um, to take a kind of a running strike at one of these um, newly risen undead commoners. And then I think I can just roll. I might have done this wrong, but I assume I'm a 21 hits. Yeah. Just, oh, I'd roll just check it. You never know. Did I do that right, Dave? Yeah, I mean, you move, you booming blade, uh, and then, you know, you disengage and move off. Since I have the sneaky sneak. Yep. That's an extra 10 damage, so 16 total. Finish him. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, as I run past this guy... I just kind of like one-handedly just take my like rapier and slash across his neck and then go uh, onto this other side of the fountain here and it takes like a second but then you just kind of see the undead zombie skeleton guy's head drop to the floor it's just such a clean cut yeah and you might want to get your owl out of there oh yes he will hoover will definitely be accompanying me J. Edgar. <laughs> yes. All right. So then this. Play two cards face down and end my turn. Sorry, that's a Yu Gi Oh reference. Oh, I, I know. Got... Oh, I got it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the skeleton can't get quite close enough. Uh, um, now it's my turn. You're right, it is. Frick, I forgot about all that. Go fuck hey, shit if up. You look on your, uh, if you look on your screen there on the top left, you should see a turn order. <laughs> Five, six, seven, eight. All right, so Gilly is moving up to him and making some hoove attacks. That is a 24 to hit. Yeah, for, finish him. Yeah, because that's 28 bludgeoning. They have max skeleton. 13 hit points. <laughs> so she just, she just comes up and just rams him full on and just knocks him flying back another 10 feet. And it just comes to a complete pile of bones in skeleton. Good. Yeah, nice. so Gilly comes running up, hits him. The It breaks off at the knees from where he's standing because in front of the, the bench, and the rest of the body goes flying as the legs just kind of like plop over. All right, and so she still has four more spaces of movement. So Cass will come up and is going to try to play some skeleton polo <laughs> and swing the Warhammer. That's uh, only a nine. That's not going to hit. But... Then for my bonus action, I will cast Healing Word on Luminara. How much does she get back? She gets back a five. All right. Now the skeleton can attack. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just be a dick about it. No, this, uh, this undead skeleton is terrified of this giant goat. And is going to swing its short sword on Gilly. Misses. Yep, just clashes right off her barding. Yeah. Oh, and since you 
healed Luminora. And so she's up at the start of this turn. I'm assuming that still has... It's starting its turn within melee, so it needs to make a con save or take... Uh, well, she... spores. She could use her reaction, and she chooses who it hits. She can only hit one person a turn with it. Ah. So she could hit the skeleton, or she could hit the cultist with it. It's her choice. So do I go now? Well, just... Do you want the the undead skeleton to take that? Otherwise, the cultist will take it at the start of its turn. Yeah, I'll have the. I'll do the skeleton. Do the skeleton? Okay. Fails. Roll a d4. Uh, three. Okay. Um. Now it is Luminar's turn. turn. Which would that not then reset the? Well, she, well, she now has another reaction that just. Tur- uh, so she could use it again now or, you know, any time between now and her next turn. Okay. But that's you, Luminara. Okay. Um, so what is my what is my health supposed to be at here? Five? Five. Okay. Yeah. So if I move, do they, they both get a swing at me, correct? Potentially, yes. Okay. I said now... Symbiotic entity as a defensive measure might be good because that takes her action, but it'll give you more temporary hit points than healing word could heal you for. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking about doing. I just didn't know if I wanted to move before doing that, but I think I'm just going to stay. Sorry. I think I'm just going to stay where I'm at. And how do, how do I uh, how do I get that going? You just not mark off one of your wild shape uses, and then you would add temporary hit points to yourself. Okay, so I am go- I'm going to do that. I'm not seeing where to mark it off on the wild shape. Uh, I I just did it for you. Oh, you on, did. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I need to figure out how to do that. On no, here. it's totally fine. So you have twelve temporary hit points, five regular hit points. Um, is that a bonus action to go into symbiotic? No, it's an, it's an action to go into symbiotic entity. Okay. Uh, but now when she uses her reaction, it does 2d4 instead of 1d4 damage. Okay. So, and you said that gave me 12 temporary hit points? Yes. Yep. So I can I, add that to me. I marked it on your character sheet while I was n- knocking off the wild shape. Sorry. You're good. Okay, so I will do that, um, and I'm not going to use my bonus action. So I suppose that's the end of my turn. Okay. So that is Cult Fanatic's turn. Um, is going to swing its dagger at you, uh, Luminara. Twenty-one to hit. That does hit. And seventeen. What's your armor class? It's 16, right? 16. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for a total of 8, that goes from your temporary HP. Okay. But are you Which still is, up? Yeah, because she has 12 temp HP on top. Oh, she, oh nice. Yeah, she had, she had 12. Now she's down to 4. But that's been getting knocked out again. So. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's more. Well, yeah, that's why I said the symbiotic, because it's more than her healing word, even on a max roll, could have given her. Yeah. Right. All right. Then that is Valyrian. 
Oh, if um, you would use your reaction alone on either one of them, you could smack them for potentially 2d4 damage. So I gotta choose one, right? Not two? Yep. Yeah, you can only do one. I will do the cultist. Or the cult fanatic. Okay, roll uh, 2d4. No, he's gotta do a con save. It's all or nothing. You're right. My bad. Failed. Yep. So now roll 2d4. Two- <laughs> Um, do I just roll one at a time? You can. Okay, I don't know how to change it to do the two. If you go on your just your computer screen on the left with the, like, the little toolbar, you'll see like a D20 looking dice. And you hover over that, and it'll show you a whole like table of things. And if you go to D20 or D4, then go over to two, roll two D4 for you. Is that correct then? Yep. Okay. So, did six necrotic. Okay. Roll. Now it's Valyrian's turn. Alright, Valyrian just watches this uh, giant horned beast just bolt past him to follow suit. He jumps back over to the other side of the fountain, closer to the action. J. Edgar follows. And then since um, he's going to aim for the cultist um, that's on the closer side of uh, Luminora. And he's going to hit him with his, uh, with his short bow. Is a sneak attack. Sneak attack. Oh, oh shit. Roll for oh. damage. That's 10. Another 12. <laughs> and if and on a crit, you roll another 2d6. Fuck me. Uh, so 21 damage? Uh, no, 10 plus... Th- that's 31 damage. I'm sorry, 31 <laughs> damage? Valerian, <laughs> finish him. <laughs> um... Since Luminora just got back up, and then this guy tries to get her down again, I leap over the fountain and say some very non-repeatable words to this man and launch a, a bolt or a uh, an arrow straight right into his uh, right into his forehead, just sending him flying back, probably about five feet, just just drops just dead shot right between the. Right on the brow. Falls backwards, stumbles back a couple of feet, falls backwards. As he hits the ground, you see blood scored out from where the bolt went in. And I know you said that they were not repeatable words, but you never said them the first time. So what did you say to him? As Valyrian vaults over the, the fountain here, he yells very loudly. So loud. <laughs> I gotta think about these things. Um, very loudly, he says, uh, Have you no dignity, you pathetic fucking disgrace? And just lets one go. Nice. Sounded like he just farted, actually. What you, the way you're describing it. Just lets one go. <laughs> <laughs> lets an arrow fly. At a net. At a nat 20, there was no toot that came out at the same time. <laughs> well, if there was, we didn't hear it. <laughs> Silent but deadly. Clearly like that arrow shot. All right, Cass, that's down to you. All right. I'm going to have Gilly buck up and try to smash the skeleton. Oh, my God. <laughs> she just, it, <laughs> just comes down and just crushes it for <laughs> 32 bludgeoning. <laughs> And then I look over at these two and go, You two 
aren't obviously any part of this shit. I'm. We gotta get the fuck out of here. Get the cover. Get and get healed. As you say that, coming out from the coming down from the towers, the the knights, the guards, coming from all ends of the courtyard, you see about thirty six knights of the crown all come out. Some with crossbows, some with swords. They surround you. Tell you to lay down your weapons. And that's where we're going to end this episode. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So. Chad, I totally forgot. (laughs) So if you listeners like this and would like to support us, please go support our buy me a coffee over at www.buymeacoffee.com slash all things nerd. Uh, also, like, share, and subscribe to stay up to date on episodes, updates, and announcements. Before we actually close this out, do any of our player characters have uh, anything that they want to plug, anything that they've been keeping up on that they're excited about? No, I, I'm pretty good this week. Not at this moment in time. All right. Please contact Atlas Van Lines for all of your moving and storage needs. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, and then my only other plug is, uh, you know, this is an all things nerd production. Uh, so if you like other nerdy shit and then like movies, films, TV, other nerd stuff, check out the all things nerd podcast, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right. Goodbye from Kobolds in the Basement. Bye. See ya. See ya.